0: All right, this is Chaz Palminteri. Welcome to the Chaz Palminteri Show. It's Monday and it's a new show, 11 o'clock. Uh, we have a great guest, but before I do that, I got to remind you, Go to. you want to see my show, the one-man show, the original one-man show I've been doing 34 years. We were just out a few weeks ago. We were at Atlantic, Atlantic City at the Oceans uh, Resorts. 4,000 people sold out. You've got to come and see the show, folks. I will be at... April 23rd at Englewood, New Jersey, the Bergen Pack. Englewood, New Jersey, the 23rd of April. Uh, June 4th, Richfield Playhouse in Richfield, Connecticut. June 11th in Huntington, New York, my favorite place, the Paramount Theater. The Paramount Theater. And we'll do one more June 23rd in Dover, Detroit at the Rollins Theater chazpalmentary.net go to my website to see all my dates also you can buy the the cards the merchandise now you can't leave the saddest thing in life is a waste of talent a whole bunch of stuff they make great gifts so we have a, a really really great comedian I, I saw him in person he tore the house down I said I gotta get this guy on the show I talked with him after the show he said he would love to do it he's a comedian He's a podcast. He's got his own podcast. He's an actor. He's a writer. He writes for other comics. He writes for himself. Mike Cannon, how are you?
1: I'm great, man. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Oh, no. You know, it's great that you're on the show, but I I have to start at the beginning, and I always ask people the same question. Okay, one day you said, "Uh, I want to be a comic. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 w- w- tell me, behind, how did this happen?
1: I think I, it happened when I was playing basketball in junior college because I wasn't, you know, once you once you level up and play against like real real talent from across the country kind of you notice your limitations pretty
0: quickly oh yes yeah so i was
1: getting you know basically ran up and down the court i took steroids my sophomore year thinking that would cover the edge it did not and then throughout that time i was funny i was one of two white kids on the entire team i had to be were
0: you the class clown you oh yeah yeah you were yeah i'm
1: a i'm a classic ass that requires you know unending amounts of attention (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so that's like that's more or less what it was i played hoops in a in the least efficient way right, possible yeah. very playgroundy very like flashy but you were a good player i could play yeah you yeah, could play yeah
0: but when you play like i i was a, a good baseball player mm-hmm. i thought i was good yeah but like you said when you play up against real talent you yeah hmm. So you knew I'm not going to be a Pro Bowl player. Yeah, I
1: think I knew. <laughs> like when do you know? My second game, we played against Sullivan Community College, which is about like an hour and a half outside of the city. They were incredible athletes, Division One caliber. Just wow. did not have the the grades to go on. So I was I was a starting point guard thought I was tough you know tough shit could play and I was dribbling thought I faked out my opponent and continued down the court and I realized like a second and a half later I did not have the ball <laughs> and, and that guy had already stolen it before I realized wow. it and had laid it in on the on our hoop and I was like well I think that's a career
0: I think I, so okay so but you said G- I like to try this stand up comedy thing
1: yeah yeah,
0: And you started at Open Mic? Is that how it started? I
1: did, yeah. So I started, I did my first Open Mic, I think, my senior year of college. I went to Geneseo up near Rochester. So I did uh, my first ever Open Mic, you know, under the influence of booze, confidence, and a couple friends rooting me right. on. But uh, at a club called Comics Cafe, which has since been shut down for drug trafficking, tax evasion. Right. So a <laughs> pretty right. good start. Right. And uh, yeah, went well enough to where, you know, I uh, I caught the bug pretty quick. So it.
0: You did pretty good your first time out.
1: First time I crushed. Second crushed? T- second time I bombed, like brutally bombed to Isn't the point where something? Yeah. Yeah, and I thought I experienced like kind of the whole gamut of emotion from stand-up within two times of doing
0: it. Wow. And, and that's usually the opposite. You know, you bomb and then you, you get better. Mm-hmm. Uh, wow. You know, I, you know, I did... I, I was always an actor and a writer, but I, I, I wanted to experience... Stand-up comedy. Because mm-hmm. I said, yeah, I'd like to try this. So I, I, I quickly, I just did it once. I did it at a place called Good Times in New York. Yeah. I don't know if you remember that place. I've,
1: I've heard of it. I've, I'm a so, man, comedy historian. Now. Anyway, yeah. I
0: did it. A guy named Rico ran it, I remember. And I did it, and I was okay. And uh, I just, you know, you're not going to believe why I stopped doing it. I, I only did it for a few months. I stopped doing it because I, I could not deal with, when hanging out with comedians. <laughs> <laughs> they I completely understand. So <laughs> fucking depressing. Yeah. Like, I'm a very up guy, you know? Yeah. And I'd be like, and as actors, we would talk in the dressing room. Yes. Comics will never laugh at your jokes. They'll look at you and go, that's funny. Right. They'll say that. They'll go, oh, that's funny. <laughs> yeah. But they won't laugh. No, they're They'll, doing the calculus doing of the, the joke They're doing the calculus of yeah. the joke in yeah. the yeah. head. But I was like, you know, Oh, you know, horrible lives. I'm like, oh, my God. (laughs) And I just wasn't that good at it to really say I want to do this. I I always like to hide behind characters and do characters. Sure, yeah.
1: I feel like young actors have a more, it's interesting that you said that, because young actors have more of a positive delusion, and comedians have a self-righteousness meets suicidal ideation <laughs> so it's it's weird because we think we're the man we right. think everybody needs to know we're the man right but we also if nobody knows we're gonna we're gonna end it pretty quick
0: wow yeah and it's, it's but it's funny how you meet comics that sometimes comics they're all like uh they don't get upset uh if somebody else is funny and some of them you could see get oh, upset.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. I did, so I I met your friend Chris De Him and oh. I him and I started comedy Chris together. Chris is wonderful. Yeah. He's the best. The best. And the reason why we became such fast friends was that exact thing because we found that in the at the time in 0809 the nerd culture that surrounded comedy, huge Marvel dorks, everybody's wearing comic book t-shirts, the whole nine right. beard, flannel, you name it. Chris and I were the only two ex-athletes that we ran into. So he played hoops. I played. That's hoops. right. We come from a team thing. Right. So we were like, "Hey, man, let's stick together and kind of weather this storm of you know our initial ascent." His much steeper than I. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you know, and together, and that's that's how we became close. Yeah. You
0: are you open for Chris? You, you yeah yeah the, yeah. You're, this you're, past
1: weekend, I mean, I I initially opened for him because we were young, starting out, and then he got Guy Code, and Guy Code was a huge hit on MTV. Right. Like. Pre-social media, what we know of it as now. Right, right. And it was just a huge explosion. So he got sent from, you know, five years in stand-up comedy to all of a sudden he's headlining these really big rooms. Right. And so he brought his friend along with him, which was very nice. That's and so nice. Yeah. yeah, and I opened for him on a few of those gigs. Took some time to become a headliner myself. And right. And now that he's in theaters, I'll, I'll come with him sporadically. Yeah, it's no, nice. it's
0: amazing because, you know, he wasn't jealous of you and you weren't jealous of him. No, not at all. And you know what? People just don't get it in life uh that nobody makes it alone you need other people totally do you need other people yeah you know and and it's the way it's people don't realize your networking is so important Mm i a person said this to me i forgot his name he said your network your net worth is your network yeah and i never forgot that you know yeah um
1: that's great because i also like something that was impressed upon me really early by older comedians was that the most work you'll ever get comes from other comics so the industry everything like that is great managers agents whatever but they come and go your allegiance and your connection to your fellow comic are what's going to eventually yield in more opportunities
0: I think that's great yeah yeah it's just like other actors hire other other actors go hell no when I'm doing a film I go yeah I, I got this one guy or this one she's a great actress call her mm-hmm. You know, I mean, that's it's all, it's
1: yeah, all together. Well, especially now that we have all these. I mean, look at your equipment, your setup. This is unbelievable. But right. we have access to this stuff where we can make our own stuff. So now, especially being close to other comedians and knowing talented people, right? They can fill into your projects
0: if they, you know, if yeah, if they'll do I, it. I, wow, wow. So you first, so the first night you, you crushed. Second yeah. night you bombed. It sure did. Wow. New five
1: each night too. I was one of those idiots that didn't know. Like I didn't recognize how to cultivate an act or how to build anything. Uh, I was just doing new five minutes because I thought that's what you do.
0: Oh no, you gotta keep what you <laughs> had in <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's what John. I was to very, do.
1: very dumb. It's, yeah. I am I am a classic, thick headed Irish person in the sense that it it requires me to fail almost a million times right. before I break through and figure wow. it out. Yeah.
0: And the one thing I remember Chris Rock said to me once, because I asked him once, I said, What is the best advice that you can give a comic, because people have asked me that question. I said, I'm not a comic, so, but I want to know what to tell them, Chris. And Chris said to me, the best advice you could have as a comic is do not be afraid of the silence.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: And I never forgot that. Yeah. And it know?
1: takes a long time to be comfortable up there with people just kind of blinking at you, just not
0: laughing. Yeah. And he said, you just have to take a breath and just. Yeah.
1: It is, it's fun. Like, so, it- I've been doing it for 15 years now, and I and I I've developed a craft, and I continue to you know try to improve and get better. Right. But it, as you get more comfortable and you become more of yourself, and you understand what you're doing up there and the different routes that you can take, I really enjoy annoying people now more than I ever have. Where it's like when I first started, any type of resistance or right. annoyance or anything that I would say that upset people, right? I, it, it almost like took a piece of my soul because I felt so bad. Now
0: if if but if a heckler comes, you can work on them, or yeah. just leave them alone. No, no,
1: I uh, I, enjoy, I enjoy. You enjoy. Uh, I enjoy yeah. public executions. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> they don't realize that. They don't realize that you have the mic.
1: They sure don't. No, especially no. in Seattle a couple of weeks ago. This one right. lady just immediately aggressively heckled me, put me down. I was kill. I was eleven minutes into my hour, killing already, and uh, she was just decided she had had enough. Went there to start a fight and. Uh, I ejected her in a pretty forceful way. It was pretty fun. Really? Yeah, yeah.
0: Do you want to say what it was? I mean,
1: all it was. There's a clip of it on my Instagram. But it, it she just screamed out. You know, what weird, weird non sequitur, aggressively insulting me. I gave, I, I put her down in a joke. Right. It worked. Gave her the opportunity to kind of back off. And she went back off. She tripled down. So she hit me again and a third time. And at that point, I basically told her to get the fuck out. I rallied the entire crowd to start booing her and kicking her out. And as she was walking down, because she had to walk in front of the stage to exit the venue. right? And I thought she was going to throw her drink at me. Right. And I'm such a psycho that my only recourse for that was in my head. I was like, okay. If she throws her drink, I'll just beat up her boyfriend. Right. right <laughs> so right, right. my whole plan was—I right. didn't think it was even illegal. Like I was like, "Well, right. it was justified assault." Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. But you yeah. know, that was my plan. Is if she did something, I would have—I would have really. No, you,
0: you're Irish, or so you're a Catholic? Yeah. Uh, were you former, very what, former. <laughs> yeah. Or whatever. Are you very much into, uh, you know, religion or?
1: I I used to be. I mean, I'm I'm very much into the stories of religion. I uh, so right. I grew up. You know, got communion. I actually got kicked out of CCD because I drew dicks all over the Jesus workbook.
0: You drew, you drew dicks?
1: Yeah, as a third grade boy. Wow. Okay. I yeah. can see that. <laughs> yeah, just drew erections on Jesus and all of his all of his apostles. It was just right. you know brutal childhood behavior, and uh, so I never got my confirmation. Uh, and you know, kind of went through life as a cynical Irish Catholic, but not in the spiritual sense, like. More in the cultural. No,
0: is it true, Irish? I, I, I guess it is true. I, hate, I don't want to generalize. No, now, you can. We have our bad things too, Italians. <laughs> but Irish do tend to drink a lot,
1: for sure. Yeah, I'm I four mean, years that, without it.
0: Oh, you were, you were, yeah, an alcoholic. Um, I don't know, but
1: yes, probably. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I don't know if I for sure qualified. My wife got pregnant, and when she got pregnant, I decided that I was going to, in solidarity with her, stop drinking. Was and she s- Irish too? She's Italian. So I, I tried to get in with your people. That's, right. Yeah, oh, I I, right. I watched Sopranos and I was like, I want a piece of that. Okay. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah. So wow. I married in, and uh, you know she, you know, obviously can't drink during the pregnancy, and oh. I thought because I love drinking, it would be a really nice gesture if I if I just went the full nine months wow, with that's her. Great. She reminded me that we had a trip to New Orleans planned in two weeks, so I was like, well, after that trip, <laughs> after, that <laughs> trip. after that trip, right? So I did the equivalent of like. You know the story of your your parents catching you smoking cigarettes, so they give you a carton and force you to drink the whole right, or smoke right. the whole thing. Right? I did that in Las Vegas or in in um, New, Orleans. New Orleans to myself. So I drank the entire city of New Orleans wow. for three days, and then afterwards, I think I got it fully out of my system, and now I'm good forever.
0: That's fantastic. But yeah. You know what? It's but it.
1: I still smoke weed, so I'm not sober. I'm not. Prepared. Yeah. Sober, I, I'm sober, not yeah. pretending. Well, yeah. look,
0: no, no, no. I mean, look, uh, I, mean, I did many. I don't anymore. I can't. I can't do it. Well, I'm a lot older than you, but I did. I mean, don't forget, I'm from the. I'm a '60s baby. Sure. I was from the. You know, so the '60s was like, you know, weed and coke. And did you take part in like the weed and kind of? Oh yeah. Yeah. No kidding.
1: That's so funny. When I look at you, I just. I see the exact opposite. Opposite. Yeah. Total. Yeah.
0: No, I have photos of me with hair down to here. That's amazing. Oh <laughs> I was in a, I was in a rock band. I was a lead singer. A no rock kidding. Band. I traveled all over the country. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Oh, no. I was LSD. and That's unreal. Oh, no. So you went from like, you did the reverse Carlin.
1: <laughs> you started I did the with reverse long hair, and then you went into I the I started suits. with long yeah. hair. That's right.
0: <laughs> in fact, my children <laughs> don't even know. They just know now, maybe about a year ago, mm-hmm. And my son's, tw- well, he maybe a couple of years ago, he's, he's 26, and my daughter is 21. Both extremely talented, went to great colleges. They just realized about two years ago that, because I always told them, no, I never got high. No, never. Yeah. Never. <laughs> never. Finally it just came it was just too much. Yeah. <laughs> but I figured they were old enough now if they could handle it. Sure, because sure. I didn't want to do it when they were young because right. I don't want to hear, Well, you did it.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. did it, Dad. So That's I just fair. said,
0: Fuck it, I'm I'm gonna lie. Yeah. And I lied up to the very end. <laughs> you know, i love that yeah yeah but now now they're cool now you know your wife mm-hmm. since you were 10 years old since we were 10 years
1: old yeah we were, we grew up together went to elementary school she was my neighbor <sighs> uh so i moved to this house in fifth grade we uh into rockland county new york and we met on the blacktop of like you know the bus lines heading home for the day i remember what she was wearing she was wearing a charlotte hornets starter jacket pullover um, very popular at the time, and uh, I immediately was like, I don't know why, I just knew I liked her. I and how old she, were you? I was ten, and she was ten, and she could hoop, she could play, she could play basketball. Oh, that's cool. So that was so part you've been of it. together yeah. on seen? and off, on and off. So we both have HPV, but uh <laughs> which HPV? That's human papilloma virus. It's a sexual <laughs> transmitted disease.
0: <laughs> so uh, you, but then you finally. It was one of those on and off things. That finally you got married.
1: Yeah, so we ended up we ended up getting back together for the final time the night the New York Giants beat the Patriots to destroy their perfect season. Did
0: I love that? Go it's ahead.
1: it's my it's like truly even now with my son being born, yeah. special tapings, you name it, yeah. selling out Gramercy. That is the greatest night of my life.
0: No question, because I'm N- a huge sh- Giant fan. On me too. And so when people tell me how great the Patriots are, I go, "Yes, you were. Yeah, but you didn't beat us. No." Twice, twice.
1: Eli Manning is unbelievable. He just clicks into yeah. some like soulless void yeah. where he doesn't feel pressure. Yeah. in those last few minutes, and go, just beats could, everybody. Could have
0: been nineteen and zero. Didn't happen. <laughs> so I don't want to hear it. That's right. You didn't beat us. You know, and I know, and I know Eli. You know, yeah. I don't know Tom Brady, but I know. I go sorry. It didn't happen. Oh, that's beautiful. I love it. I love it every day. Me too. So you finally with this girl since you know you were ten. And you end up getting married. Mm-hmm. I mean, to me, that's fascinating.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it wasn't. I mean, it, you dated other women for sure. Yeah, we. But and she dated other men. So I it's would, not like I guys, would not want to be anybody's only penis. No, you know, it, cause <laughs> this is this is also not an only dick. Like you don't have this, and then you're like, I'm good with all the rest. <laughs> you, you, right? You should still sample around and then kind of circle back. I, I
0: believe that. I believe a woman. I, I, you know. I got, yeah, I was. I got married when I was like almost forty. So,
1: oh, no kidding. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I just. Yeah. I was thirty-one. So we dated. We dated for a really long time before we ended up getting married. I'm an right. anti-marriage, don't care for the whole institution yeah, kind of yeah, guy. Yeah. Especially yeah. after my parents got a divorce, but the only person I would marry right. is my wife. So she's the only person I would break my scruples for. And I thought I I did mushrooms, and I had a come-to moment where, on mushrooms, I made the decision to propose to my wife.
0: On mushrooms? On
1: mushrooms. And on DMT, I made the decision to have a, have a baby.
0: Holy shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, Holy my life is driven shit. by drugs. <laughs> wow. I mean, I could never make a promise to get married on on LSD. I mean, I couldn't make a promise. What, what am I going to have for lunch on LSD? <laughs> Well, I mean, she
1: wasn't even there, so I just had this feeling, this overwhelming positive response to and a recognition of who she was to me. Wow! What type of support system she's always been? How much she cares for me? How much I care for her? How we already are family, and it's important for her to have this ceremony with her family because they had not broken up like mine, and that I think is why I felt more fractured. She about come
0: it. from a divorced household? Too? She
1: does, yeah, but a big Italian family that remains close. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, did the divorce... I don't want to get too serious, but did Mm -hmm. the divorce affect you as you're growing up?
1: Oh, my God. I was a huge pussy when it came to my parents' (laughs) divorce because my parents divorced when I was 19 and 20. So they... So you were old. I was older, but I was still living at home because I was going to junior college. So I watched their divorce happen. Yeah. And it was pretty brutal. And you kind of... When you're older you can see who your parents really are as individuals and they're flawed people. When you're younger, you still think of them as superheroes and they're making it through this thing and Which it's everybody's tough. Everybody's flawed, yes. Of course, but when you're older, I really, both of my parents had very interesting individual responses to their own divorce and uh, I had my problems with each of them, but right. we've you know, we've all kind of come back together.
0: Yeah, kind of... as you get older, you, yeah. uh, uh, you know, the, some some are still friends and some are not. Oh yeah,
1: and my dad, I mean, my dad and I have gone through violent, right history I, I punched him in the face when i was younger really? yeah i mean he hit me first and i was right. on steroids so i punched him back steroids really hard steroids man wow. <laughs> yeah i think wow. one
0: of the better stories is when you were filming your comedy special with your dad in the audience oh that's
1: right I, I forgot about that so my my dad didn't meet my son until he was 18 months old because up until that point we had a we had a continued really bad relationship on and off He's uh he's an ex actor actually as well. He or did, he did some uh what did he do? Stage stuff mostly. Yeah. He did uh some soap operas and commercial work. That's and
0: what he did for a living when you were when you were when I was very
1: up. little. Uh, he was like bartending and that. But there oh, were there it. were there were uh stretches where that was his right. sole income. Got it. Um but and then we came along and he vocally blamed us for his uh, (laughs) for his demise in the acting field Uh, so we've had you know a a checkered past we hadn't talked leading up to this special taping I did not tell him about it I don't know how he found out but he we hadn't seen each other or spoken in a couple years and he just showed up to my taping and shook my hand like right before the thing was like what's up like almost as a challenge thing to right
0: before you went on
1: right before I went on
0: talk about fucking you up
1: yeah, and I here's the thing. I don't know if it was the beta blocker or my rage just calcifying my focus, but I went up and I was sharp as a razor. I had the show of my life. I had a whole section dedicated to how fat and ugly he was, and I really stepped on the gas hard when we got to that. Uh, did he that like chunk. the show? He did. Yeah, he did. I mean, he's one of those guys that like as long as you're talking about him, it doesn't really matter if it's positive <laughs> or negative.
0: Just talk about it. Yeah, him.
1: as long as he's the center of wow. attention, oh. it's great. Now, how many children do you have? I have one, just one, yeah. Boy or girl? He's a boy.
0: Yeah. A- and uh, how old is he? The boy
1: Three and so he's going to be four in July. Okay, so he doesn't.
0: Yeah. He knows what his daddy does, but not really.
1: He does, so he, it's interesting because he's, uh, he's not a pandemic baby in the sense that we had him during the pandemic, right. but he developed and grew through the pandemic so he watched me earn a living doing podcasts and talking to a computer and doing all that and and john coming over and shooting frank rigatone and all that stuff so he would always say comedy podcast or doing my dad's doing comedy and he told his teachers that i'm a comedian which is its own nightmare and uh so he has yeah he has a semblance of awareness but i don't think he knows the whole thing Wow.
0: now you play poker, right?
1: I did, yeah, for a living. And now, now that money means something to me, it's a little bit less. But yeah, when I was yeah, in
0: college, yeah, do you still gamble?
1: When I'm when I play casinos, <laughs> when you, <laughs> I do. When you go to casinos, you, yeah. you go play poker. I'll play. play. I'll, I'll typically sit at one two. Sometimes I'll play two five. I've played five ten no limit, but that's like that's when I'm feeling insane. Uh, that that's just way too much money for me to shove yeah, around sure, a, yeah. right now. But I like. I like playing higher limit because then you play against people who know what how, to do, how to play, yeah. and then they know what you could have as opposed to newbies who are just throwing chips in because they like
0: the color of yeah, the Yeah, I mean, I'm sure you know Phil Ivey. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, are you friends with him? Yes. That's unbelievable. Yes. <laughs> That's so, unbelievable. Uh, yeah, so he said to me once, we were at, a, at the casino. Where I was working there. I was doing Vegas. I did Vegas for like seven years, and he said, uh, uh, throw the dice for me. And I said, oh. Oh, okay so I, I go he goes yeah I, you were really lucky in bronx still i go listen you know that's a fucking movie <laughs> you know what i mean yeah. but i am lucky yeah. i am lucky yeah and i don't gamble i just never believed in it mm-hmm. so i took the dice and i said well I, you know he goes well why don't you bet i go phil i don't really so i think he said here's a thousand dollars you bet yeah. and he bet i'll never forget it and he said to me uh i said well you bet you bet my chips. Because mm. I, I don't know how to play dice. Sure, yeah. Like the way they do. Yeah. He's really smart, you know, backing up the bed. One of the smartest
1: people ever. Smart. Yeah.
0: So I threw a dice, bing, I had a number, bing, I had a number, bing, I had a number. I hit about eight numbers in a row. <laughs> you know, it was pretty, you know. So he gives, then it was over. And he hands me like about, I don't know, about, I think it was about 9,000 <laughs> that I won. I'm like, the fuck? Nine grand? You know, just like that, yeah. he won almost 300,000. I bet he did. <laughs> He won almost 300000 I bet he did. Huh? That's unbelievable. And he's such a great poker player. Mm-hmm. Because I talked about him with other people. Other people told me about him, that he would deliberately lose. Yeah. Deliberately. Yeah. He would blow a pot to set people up. Do you know the only
1: other person I've heard of doing stuff like that? Yeah. Kobe Bryant. Kobe Bryant in high school used to intentionally allow the other team to get back in the game so he could hit a game-winning women- game shot. Wow. Like, like, that's how bored he was with right. typical basketball, similar to Phil Ivy, where it's just like he's setting these numbers where he knows if he dumps, he'll get that much more in return because they'll yeah. continue playing for longer. It's just he's like I, I read those articles about him, Jen Harmon, all these poker players that would pool their money together. And they played against this um, billionaire yeah. in high stakes limit poker. And they took this guy for like Almost, you know, fifty million dollars or something like that. Collectively playing back to back with this dude, you know, they're brilliant people.
0: I seen, I seen him do things where I mean, I have seen them say you can't play. <laughs> I, bet, can't I play. bet, I bet. Do you imagine that? Not poker, mm-hmm. uh, blackjack, craps, and blackjack, oh crap! Craps, wow, craps. Yeah, I mean, I couldn't believe. It. I I seen one thing I'll never forget. It. He threw the dice, and the dice went halfway. It was laying on, it was like halfway, but mm. it wasn't, and then, then the guy just moved the chip or something. He moved something, and then the dice fell the wrong way Not against him, and he said, no, 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 I, I won't take that. And he said, well, they're fell, and he said, no, no, no. I want to speak to the, and the guy came over and said, let it go, do it. Anything. Right. Because... <laughs> They knew that he, he wouldn't play there no yeah, more. Yeah, you know. But any, anyway, I don't know where we got on that. But you're a pretty decent poker player.
1: I did. Yeah, me and my buddies. So we started during the Moneymaker explosion. You know, Chris Moneymaker right, won the yeah. World Series in 2003, and everybody right. started having backroom games. Right. So my buddies and I were no different. We, You know, most of us treated it kind of like a pregame. Like we'd play a tournament, right. drink a few beers, and then head out for the night. Me and a couple of my obsessive friends really started loving it. Playing separately, the levels went up. Playing for more money, our game got so to be known. So you were a pretty known. good player. I was at the time, yeah. I, I mean, we won. We won a fair amount of money, and I'm not great at math. I'm okay at it. I'm really good at looking at somebody and being able to read strength or weakness wow. or wow. stuff that's, like that. That's incredible. Yeah.
0: Now, uh you're an actor too. Mm-hmm. Do you enjoy acting? In you have you done some movies? Or I did. I did.
1: I did a in uh, indie. And I like I'm I'm a very novice actor. I had done this indie, but all of it was improvised. I improvised 100 percent of my dialogue, and we more or less wrote it on set.
0: That, that's very. That's not a lot. No, and yeah. th- that
1: actually, I think that's why I was okay in it. Is because yeah. I was able to be authentic and in the that's moment. Fine, yeah. And if I had something memorized, I may have come off a bit more rote and rehearsed.
0: Yeah. Well, that's memorizing it is a lot harder. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but sometimes you have to if it's a great Of course,
1: script. yeah. And then living the living the words living as opposed to the words to, as yeah.
0: being the being in the dialogue, you know, mm-hmm. doing it. Um but w- you consider yourself a comic.
1: Yes, I, I am one hundred percent a stand up comedian. And you know what's yeah. funny
0: about comics, there are comics who are good actors and there are comics who are not good actors. <laughs> That's for sure. It's <laughs> the weirdest thing. Yeah. Like Robin Williams was, was a wonderful comic was a wonderful comic and a wonderful actor. Yeah uh you know i knew robin very well I, I directed him in a movie billy crystal very good actor and a very great comic mm-hmm. now it's funny that jerry seinfeld <laughs> he says i'm a terrible actor of course yeah well he never acted before after mm-hmm. that yeah but he was smart he knew his wheelhouse mm-hmm. obviously a great comic but he just is not an
1: actor Do you know what he was good in though actually as an actor was louie when he was on an episode of Louis and he played himself, yeah. an amplified jerk I version. sure. Yeah. It was really good because Louis was up for the Letterman show or something like that, and then they ended up giving it to Seinfeld. Yeah. And Seinfeld was playing a dismissive prick, and he was outrageously good, very authentic. I mean, you know, take that as what you will, but he, yeah, he really yeah. played the part very convincingly, wow. and he was good in it, yeah. But, I mean, yeah, he was notably in what he admitted it self-admittedly not great now, do, you, do you do you like
0: writing for other people?
1: I like writing for the TV show, right? Yeah, that was fun. It was a really interesting process because podcasting and online content were pirates more or less. Like we can just do whatever we want. there's yes no, there's no thought to copyright. Right. <laughs> like there's we just right. we just let it rip. and then when you go to a TV show, it's all lawyers. It's all you got to write jokes that oh, you, that weave through you know oh, fair use oh, and all yeah. those different things, and it's 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 a challenge, but it's ve- it's an interesting process that I'm glad I got to experience.
0: Wow! Now, and now you know what's funny. I, I like I like talking to guys like you because we talk about marriage mm-hmm. on, on, on our shows, and I like to get your show business. Yeah, yeah. obviously you comics. They travel, right? Yeah, they're the on time. the road a lot. Yeah. You have to say goodbye to your wife for sometimes a month, maybe? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean... The, nah, that's a long
1: time. I'd say probably like the longest I've left since I've had a kid has been seven days. And oh, then, I, then I'll come back bad. for a few days and then head out for a few more. It's it's more back and forth. And than uh, she's okay with it, your wife? She's great. My wife is unbelievable. Yeah, she's so cool.
0: Hey, she knows mm-hmm. you're out there making money.
1: I think it helps that she's known me since I was 10 years old. And she more or less saw this as my life path before I did. Like you know, that's that's what that's what happens when you find somebody special, right? Is they believe in you before you believe in yourself. Wow. <clears throat> and it feels I I have guilt because uh, you know I'm doing well and, and, and things are going things are on the up for sure. But there's always that impend that that self fear, at least for me, where I'm like, there's a lot of women that believe in men, and those men don't do shit, and those women are idiots because right. of it. And it's like my wife might be an idiot for believing in me. And oh. that's, that's a difficult thing to kind yes, of come but to terms you, but with. You,
0: but you're there for her. and the, uh, for, the sure, RV, for sure, for
1: sure. I just meant in terms of career and financial security. I mean, do, security. You believe,
0: do you believe that, and again, not to put you on the spot, but we mm-hmm. always talk about this. You know, you you think of, I just, I think Catherine Arducci said it to me. You know, there's whales, there's swans. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think penguins are the only monogamous people in the world. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's... That's a rough one. I know. You're getting old, but you're
1: young. I f- I feel built for it in a weird in a weird way though. Because I, I I definitely have been single. I've enjoyed myself being single. I don't think I'm my best I'm the best version of myself when I'm single. I think right. uh, I think a lot of my bad tendencies come out. No, absolutely. Uh, yeah, and just how I it, you know it, it just it not even treat people in an no, aggressive no. way, but just, just dismissive and not even I considering said them. Dismissive,
0: not your goals are different. Yes. I You know, I always say that, uh, you know, uh, you know when I hit it and started becoming famous, if I didn't get married, I, I'd i be living in Paris with two hookers and an April. I mean, 100%. I don't know what the fuck I'd be
1: hundred percent. You know what I'm yeah. saying? I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. I would have a caved-in les- left nostril right now if, <laughs> okay, I mean, I mean, if I wasn't married. I mean, I don't know
0: what the hell I'd be doing. I mean, I, I got to... <laughs> you know, you, you have a wife and you have children. You... If you're any kind of a man, you it focuses you.
1: Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. hey,
0: I got to get my shit together. Here. Yeah, yeah. You know, and that's what I did. Now the people who can't do that, they end up getting divorced. You
1: know? Yeah. No, I'm grateful for it because I think uh, it elevated me to being the version of me I should be. Yes. You know, I don't think I, I I was always a good husband and a good boyfriend to my wife, but having a son, especially, has brought me to another level. Oh, of what's just his name? Crew. He's named after an 80s BMX movie named Rad. Hold it. C-R-E-W? C-R-U. His name is Crew. Yeah, yeah, sure is.
0: I have never, I don't think I've ever met anybody with that name, right?
1: That's awesome. Crew. Yeah, yeah so it's a movie called Rad starring Bill Allen and uh, Lori Laughlin, pre-Full House, was on that show. Bart Connor, fresh off of a uh, a Olympic gold in gymnastics. Right. And, uh, yeah, a couple other people as well. It's my favorite movie ever.
0: Now, how did you talk your wife into saying okay for that name?
1: Well, that's what's funny is I assumed her being from a giant Italian family, his name would have to be Cologeno Spaghetti or something. Oh, like, yeah, I, exactly. I, you know, right, I had no right. idea. So I threw out Crew as a joke, like as a pure, like, what do you think? You know, and her younger cousins immediately ran with it. Baby Crew, we love Crew, Crew, Baby Crew. So this is while my wife is pregnant and she kind of was like, "Oh, this got a nice ring to it." And she and I showed her the movie. She had refused to watch it <laughs> up until that point. Wow. And then she watched the movie and was like, "I get why you why you loved this as a four year old. I understand why it's made a impact on you your entire life. Right? And I love that you're this enthusiastic about it. And my family likes it as well. So it's good. Wow! Yeah, I can't believe it." I won. I got to tell you.
0: So his name is Crew Cannon.
1: Yeah. Crew Joseph. So he's got some Italian. Crew Joseph Cannon. Yeah. So Crew Joe. Um,
0: I mean, if he's not a football, that's a football player. Right. <laughs> Left tackle, Crew Cannon. <laughs> that's right. I mean, right. come
1: yeah. on. I know. And he runs through life headfirst he is a pure pure bruiser it's a, with shocking agility he'll be running towards like you know the edge of a of a counter and it looks like he's about to die and at the, at the last second will juke and it just it wow. continue on down the hallway
0: that's uh that's pretty amazing Yeah. crew i love it i really do i love oh, that thank name you. crew <laughs> Yeah, my, my real name is Kalojrol. Who the hell wants to be born that name? Right, I love that name. Well, I really, it's a great I do. name. It's a nice name, but nobody could call you. They called me C when I was younger, mm. and then obviously Chaz changed it to Chaz. But Crew, I mean, uh, no, <laughs> no. So. If somebody, where are you going to be? You know, where are you going to be working soon? So, uh, I'm have a,
1: I'm doing a 420 crowd work show on edibles, so I'll be taking marijuana edibles and then doing a completely <laughs> unscripted show. I did it last year at a New York comedy club in Gramercy. It's called Mike Cannon's Huge Mistake. It's actually available on YouTube. Oh, uh,
0: somebody can go to YouTube and get it. Oh, yeah, okay. youtube.com
1: slash Mike Cannon Comedy. That was last year's. This year, I'm actually elevating a bit more, so I'm doing two shows in one night doing 200 milligrams. So I'm eating a lot, a lot of THC, going to Stamford, Connecticut, New York Comedy Club, where, where you, we, uh, we saw we other. I love that other. place. Beautiful, beautiful new beautiful club. Beautiful place. And then back then for a late show at New York Comedy Club Gramercy, the OG spot, and, uh, yeah, we're going to see if I fall asleep. We're going to see. I might I might bring out a crossbow. Who knows?
0: So somebody's going to be filming this sure. while, while yeah, you're yeah. doing it yeah. for your podcast.
1: Yeah, well, it's going to be documented. We're going to put it out on YouTube and, yeah, just see. see what now, you and there. you did a
0: few specials, too, yeah. right? Yeah, right. John
1: is uh, John has shot, has shot both of my specials, actually. The most recent one was called White Privilege Homeless. We shot that at the Triad Theater on the Upper West Side. And then before that, three months after my son was born, we shot uh, Life Begins at the Comedy Cellar. Wow. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, so and, and you have your obviously your Instagram.
1: My Instagram at my at i am my canon for every single social media. So TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all that stuff. Wow. And then the podcast is here's the scenario uh with me, Mike Feeney, and Brendan Sagalow.
0: Edibles. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Edible. I'm Chris Big Edibles. Oh
1: yeah. Well, we did uh we took some edibles and recorded two episodes of both Chrissy Chaos and Hey Babe. And I think it's the hardest I've ever laughed in my entire yeah. life. I had like I had no voice after. I mean, Chris
0: and that guy, they're funny. Yeah, oh, they so good. are historically
1: funny. So good.
0: Yeah, and so are you, man. You're a great guy. Thank you. I appreciate and I think it. You're really funny. And uh we gotta have you back. This terrific. is an honor.
1: Thank you so much for having me. Right, it's man. my I pleasure, really appreciate man. it. Yeah. God bless. You too. Hey,
0: so that's the Chaz Palmetary show. And uh come back next week. Don't forget, every Monday at eleven o'clock. Go to childspomitary.net and you'll see where I'm doing the one-man show. God bless you.